What is happening, everyone? Welcome to the show. We're back, back to normal scheduled programming. I've been so lazy. I started doing um a uh, a podcast last week, and um I just I got about twenty minutes in or ten minutes in, and I just got fucking bored. Like I was even boring myself, so I just fucking stopped. It was really weird. Like I just I don't know. I was kind of just chatting, and I was like, oh god, and I wasn't that into it, and then. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm bored. And I was like, what if I'm bored? Anyone listening must be fucking bored. So I didn't even bother putting it up. It was just, I, I don't even know what I was fucking talking about. I can't remember what I really did actually. So, um, I thought I'd just rest, recuperate and refresh somewhat and then try and get back to a bit of normal scheduling. So I'm kind of a day ahead of my Tuesday, Thursday plan, but, um, I thought I'd put it up today cause it's been a bit of a good weekend of sport and um a bit of stuff happened with the first uh, formula one test so i might just talk through a bit of that and we've also got the uh world cup happening the 2020 women's world cup happening so um australia and sri lanka are live at the moment and sri lanka are eight for one currently so spoiler alert um and australia really need to win this one because they were beaten by india uh so what I thought we'd do is maybe just recap a bit of what's been going on in the world of sport. Um, let's start first with the Formula One test, as that kind of happened. I mean, we'll get to the Fury fight, um, which also happened this weekend. So, first Formula One test happened, and... Um, it was quite an interesting day. They've cut testing down from, uh, I think it's eight days to six days, something like that. So it's two, like a three days and two, three days kind of thing. That's how they're doing it now. So um, it was an interesting test for a number of reasons. Mercedes we'll get to in a minute. Um, I'll try and not be too biased, even though I totally am. Um <laughs> But we uh, we had something, well, for instance, this year we had Williams out ready to go as soon as the light went green, um, a bit of a point. I think that was something they just wanted to do because obviously after last year where they didn't get out until the third day of testing, um, they wanted to prove a point. <laughs> so, I mean, thank God they did. So, And it's probably, some of them were like, oh, probably shouldn't because it's going to cost us a set of pair of tyres or maybe. It's like, you know, fuck it, why not? make a statement say that you're actually ready this year which they were and the car's looking uh competitive to the midfield teams i'd say that's probably about as um complimentary as i can be about at the moment because it's so hard to tell with winter testing like a lot of this these times and stuff that we'll hear um it's hard to kind of know exactly where everyone stands like if you go deep into the um statistics and fuel loads and lap times and lengths of stints i.e like how many laps they were out for um before they had to come in and put more fuel in the car and all this sort of stuff you can kind of get a rough um estimate of kind of how everyone's doing um so it's yeah it's interesting to kind of i don't know yeah well it, it's hard to tell, but there's definitely been some standout performances and standout teams. So I might just take you through fastest lap times per team based on the preseason test. Um, so this is just going to be ten a list of 10 people. So it's the fastest from 
each team and um, where they stand kind of thing. So Mercedes were P1 uh, with a 15.7, and that was on the softest tyre. Uh, you had Renault second, which is a good sign from them, with Esteban Ocon uh, with a 117.1, and that was on the soft tyre. Um, Racing Point, which we'll get to them in a minute, they were uh, 117.3 in third. Alfa Turi, which is formerly Toro Rosso, which is Daniel Kvyat, which is a 117.4. Alfa Romeo, uh, which is Antonio Giovinazzi with a 117.4. Max Verstappen from Red Bull, 117.6, and that was on the hard tyre. Um, so if you think that's two hires, top hires, that's two tires harder than everyone else above him, apart from Mercedes, who were three tires softer. So, um, so that's a pretty good time from them. Uh, McLaren, Carlos Sainz, a one seventeen eight. Uh, so that was just off the Red Bull time, but that was on a medium tire, not a hard tire. And then you had Ferrari on a soft tire with a one eighteen one. Now, there's theories that Ferrari were massively detuning their engine um <laughs> which kind of seems weird that they do that because surely you want to test the maximum performance of the engine in the testing to see where you, how far you can push it but maybe that's what they're going to do next week or actually this week because we're in this week now um and then you had a williams on the medium tire which was a 118.1 so that was actually a, a very similar time to Ferrari on the soft tyre. So th that's how hard it is to judge because you're not going to suddenly say, oh, Williams is as fast as Ferrari now. Uh, and then you had Haas with Roman Grosjean, Roman Grosjean with a 118.3 on the medium tyre as well. So it's, um, I mean, if you look at it really between P2 and P10, it's like one, one and a bit second difference between everyone apart from Mercedes who are way out in front in that sense. But um and that time from Bottas was actually quicker than the pole time, so from last year. So that's got to be pretty representative, really. But you still don't know how quickly they can go. So I kind of feel like this year Mercedes are just like, fuck it, we're not going to sandbag. We're just going to go out and just dominate everything and just really kind of <laughs> hammer the nail into the coffin of everyone else even before the season started. So you wonder whether that's their kind of theory of that but I mean who knows um, so a few talking points so Racing Point um, which is Lance Stroll and uh, Sergio Perez they've basically done a deal with Mercedes so they're allowed well they now get access to a certain amount of Mercedes made equipment and um, in terms of parts for the car it has to be a limited amount they're not allowed to just do a blatant copy but if you look at the design of their car and look at the design of Mercedes car last year, it's a very similar design. Like they're almost calling it because their colors are like these pink kind of colors, which is amazing. But anyway, um, they're, uh, if you, it's, they're basically calling it like a pink Mercedes cause it's got Mercedes engine in it as well. So I think they're going to be a bit more competitive this year. So that's going to be a good turnaround from them considering where they were year before last you know that they've turned things around really really well a massive influx of cash from Lance Stroll's dad probably helped <laughs> so um and then Renault I mean yeah that's um they've got an interesting new kind of nose shape and a few bits and bobs so um and it's interesting they launched their car in just all this all black um livery so it's it's hard to kind of really see details on, on it which is maybe it's a deliberate thing who knows so um Red Bull got a few sneaky things going on with their car, their front end, the nose looks a bit different as well. But the biggest talking point for me from Mercedes is they've developed this new system 
uh, called... What's it fucking called? It's basically this really nice, really sort of sneaky steering system. Um, so essentially what it is, the a normal Formula One car would would drive would would set their front wheels up, towed out slightly, which gives them better turning and cornering ability, essentially. So that means if you've got your steering wheel completely straight, the wheels um, are actually pointing out ever so slightly. This gives better turn into the corners, um, but it does sacrifice some straight line speed and also scrubs the tyres a little bit more on the straights, which wears the tyres out a little bit quicker. So what Mercedes have done, they've, they've adapted their steering wheel to allow them to push and pull the steering wheel forward and back. And what that does is as they pull the steering wheel back towards them, it straightens those wheels out. So the toe out becomes completely neutral so that when they're on the straights, it gives them completely aligned wheels um which should give them slightly better top speed and also less wear on the front tires and then as soon as they go into the corner the they push the steering wheel back into the back towards the car and then the the wheels toe out again and then off they go into the corners so um i guess this is only really there for the straights but maybe it's something they can do as they're turning the wheel they can also pull back and forward a bit and give i don't know more or less steering i don't know no one really knows exactly what they've done and they're, and they're not telling anyone the exact reasons for why they've done it but what has been confirmed is there's been a rule change for the 2021 well as part of the 2021 rules where there's all these big major changes going on um that won't be allowed but as per the rules at the moment it is allowed so everyone half the teams are like wow that's fucking amazing they've caught us out that's incredible uh and then red bull being red bull because they always bitch and moan about stuff they're uh um they're saying it's illegal and not allowed but it, according to the rules it's one of these like gray area rules that can be interpreted in different ways uh so at the moment the fia yeah yeah they're fine with it they're, they're like yeah it's fine it's within the rules um, there's nothing that says they can't do that. So it's it's allowed. And it's one of these systems that, I mean, Mercedes have been working on it apparently for well over a year. Um, and they've so they brought it in for this year. So even, and maybe they knew that it was only going to be a one-year thing because obviously they knew the rules for 2021. So maybe they knew they'll do it and no other teams are going to bother investing in it because it's irrelevant after this year. And it could take six months at least to develop a system like that and copy and try and figure out what they've done. So it's um, it's a real sneaky thing for Mercedes. And it's just, um, actually, Daniel Ricciardo had a really interesting um, interview and he was all for it. He was just singing Mercedes praises. I think he wants to drive with them. Um, saying that even though they're like right at the top of their game and dominating, they're still the ones innovating and pushing forward and always trying to improve. And I think that's one of the main reasons why they're doing so well. Um, and well, it is for sure one of the reasons why they're doing so well. Um, so, yeah, he was yeah singing their praises for it and just saying, you know, really it should be his team and other teams that are trying to innovate and push forward and come up with new ideas and ways to get those extra tenths of a second 
Because really, it, it's what it's coming down to now is just literally tenths, you know, one tenth, two tenths, three tenths of a second is the difference between pole position and like eighth place at the moment. Like it's super tight and it's going to be even tighter this year, I think. So um, Mercedes have just given themselves, I mean, I guess we'll see how it reflects in lap times and it's probably going to be more beneficial on the tracks with longer straights and stuff maybe. So um, yeah, it's interesting going to be a, yeah, an interesting season to see what happens so um but i mean everyone's been you know super positive about things obviously williams turnaround seems pretty positive so hopefully they're um going to do well and at least start um getting into q2 a bit more often in qualifying and you know hopefully racing for the odds chance to get in the top 10 and get some points so um that's got to be their their aim this year is is a well, for me, I mean, they were saying they want to get into Q two more more frequently, but I think they want to should they should be aiming towards getting into the top ten into Q three, you know, as often as they can, really. And Q two should just be a given. That should be, you know, we are going to be getting in that as often as possible, and then there's going to be a chance occasionally to get into that top ten. So that's that's really where they should be aiming. So, and George Russell needs a car that can give him these performances because him driving in a car like that is just sacrilege for his skill i mean he needs he needs a bigger drive so um it's frustrating for him and also the fact that there's not really anywhere else he can go so um it's going to be interesting to see where that goes but yeah anyway i mean it, it's been a pretty good test and all this the, the innovation from mercedes has been the main talking point and just how relaxed and chilled hamilton seems and um he's been working really hard to get into get in shape and you know, both mentally and physically. So um, it's an ominous warning for everyone else. Ferrari, no one knows quite how their performance is. Mercedes think they've figured out that they're actually running, that Ferrari are actually running their power quite significantly lower than they could. Um, so, I mean, that's all speculation, but they've got these boffins figuring all this stuff out. So um, I think we could see a slightly more genuine reflection of pace next week well this week i guess it is um and then obviously by the time melbourne comes around we'll see i guess that's when we really know because i mean this time last year ferrari were leading the pack in terms of performance and speed and testing and then they got to melbourne and they were terrible so um it's yeah we'll see what happens so um but i think the difference this year between wins and losses for for between mercedes ferrari etc it's going to come down to the team as a whole, as in how well that team is run and works as a team, essentially. So it's not just about the performance of the car. It's making sure all the pit stops are spot on or your strategy is spot on. Like Everything is just needs to be perfect. So, And I think um, Mercedes are already showing they're ahead of the game a little bit on that one. So, um, yeah, I mean, awesome. Really cool. Very cool. So, and I need a drink break. Oh, lovely lemon drink. My iPad's going really weird. Like, the BBC website's, like, trying to run these ads through it, but then it squashes everything down, so you get an ad across most of the page in a really thin little section. So, Tyson Fury beating Detone, um, Deontay, Detone, <laughs> Deontay Wilder. Um, a pretty dominant performance, actually. It was... Um, it was yeah, it was a good fight. I mean, you can actually 
get on YouTube and just search it. There's loads of <laughs> copies of it out on YouTube, so you can definitely watch it. And it's worth watching. It was a good fight. The referee was a bit annoying at times. He kept splitting them up when they started, like, clinching. But I guess... I kind of get it. I mean, and he did try on occasions to let them when they got close in just to, you know, do a little bit of biffing and baffing. I'm sure there's a technical term for that. But um, And then as soon as they went in and just held each other, he'd break them up. But, so that was a bit annoying, but that's just boxing though, you know. So if it was UFC, they'd be grappling or whatever, so it'd be fine. Or they'd be throwing elbows and knees, which is why I find UFC a bit more entertaining. Um, but yeah, I mean, apart from that, it was a good fight. I mean... Uh, Tyson just kept coming. He had a game plan. He just kept walking into him, walking into him, walking into him, not letting Wilder come at him because that's generally when Wilder is has you know is strongest, and I think they figured that out. So he just kept walking him down and um, took a few hits himself. But um, first two rounds, I mean, it was just dominant performance by Wilder, basically just just complete domination. And, you know. Um, I think it was the third round where Wilder knocked, got, was knocked down by Fury. Um, really strong jab and then this kind of right hook thing that kind of caught him sort of just above the ear on his head. And that kind of, and it wasn't a really clean hit, but you could see there was power there. And he it knocked him down. And then pretty much from that point, so from the third round, he was gone. His legs, everything was gone. I think it like whacked his ear or something really hard and his equilibrium was just gone there was like blood coming out of his ear for the rest of the fight um and you could just see he had no balance and he was it, it was crazy i mean um it was pretty amazing that he i mean it, it got it got ended in round seven in the end so for him to get to round seven after that was quite impressive and it was kind of almost turning into one of those things where Wilder was just taking quite a lot of punishment, but he just kept coming at him despite the fact that he was clearly in trouble. Um, and you could see the ref like keeping an eye on him and looking into his eyes and you know, all this sort of stuff. So clearly there was a bit of concern and the doctors were coming over to Wilder's corner, you know, during rounds and kind of looking at him. And so there was obvious concern. Um, and I think his corner was also sharing that concern a bit um, because during the seventh round, um, Fury got him into the corner and was just pummeling him like you know, kind of a one, two, three kind of little combo, jab, cross, jab, sort of into the body a little bit and then went up high again and um, the his corner threw in the towel. Um, I think they could see that Wilder was probably going to keep coming but like keep trying to fight back to, you know, to Fury but um, you could just see it becoming one of those ones where he just keeps going and just gets real serious brain trauma from it and the, I think the suspicion was that he got concussed in that third round and he was just going on having been concussed and getting more and more and more punishment so um, I think he, he pretty much had to go to hospital straight afterwards just for some checkups but he's, I think he's, he's supposed to be okay so so that's the biggest thing at least he's okay and come out of it I'm sure disappointed to have lost um his trainer, like this main coach trainer dude, is coming up with all sort of bullshitty excuses, which I think you're just um, undermining and hurting your boxer more by saying those things. I don't think that's right. So, um, you know, saying, oh, the costume he wore that he walked out in was too heavy and that drained him and all this shit. <laughs> it's just like, well, fucking hell. I mean, 
I don't know, you're a professional athlete fighting at the highest level. You should be able to wear a silly costume to come into the ring if you want to and be okay with it. So, yeah, it was a bit weird. Uh, and, yeah, supposedly Fury had some issues going into the fight as well. Like, he hurt his ankles and he was he was quite a lot heavier. Um, but I think he needed that extra weight to um, punch that bit harder. And I think the next Fury that we see... It's like he's put on, he's bulked and put on about an extra stone of weight. But I think now you'll see maybe he'll trim a bit of the fat off and just keep, but keep the mass. Um, and so whether that's a rematch with Wilder or whether that's a, a fight with Joshua, which I really want to see. But um, it, apparently there's a rematch clause um, that Wilder and Fury have for a third fight. But I don't know that I want to see that or anyone else really wants to because really Fury's beaten him twice. I mean, it was the second, the first one was a draw, but everyone kind of knew Fury won that one pretty, you know, pretty dominant. So um, it's, uh, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with that. But you kind of just want to see Fury and Joshua fight in England, massive super fight, somewhere like the O2 Arena or, I don't know, somewhere massive, 80,000 people. It would just be massive. I mean, it'd be huge. But there's talk of like these rich Saudi Arabian dudes who, um, the where the last Joshua fight was, Joshua Ruiz, and they just threw a shitload of money at him and just wanted it there. But um, hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, they're going to make enough money in England. Why? Why? Um, fucking do that. Why take it away from the British people? It's the first time you've had two British heavyweights with in possession of different belts with a fight for the ultimate unification belt heavyweight world championship it's fucking insane so like as fury winning this belt off wilder that's the first time he's held that belt and he used to hold, hold the belts joshua held so if he can get those get those other belts now i mean that would just be incredible i mean either way whether it's joshua or fury i mean god I don't actually know who I'd side with then because normally I'm patriotic and want the British guy to win. But I think I'll just sit firmly on the fence of that one and just enjoy the fight. I think probably I'd be siding with Fury because I don't know, there's something quite infectious about him. But then there's also something about Joshua too that, I don't know. It, I don't know. Who knows? Who fucking knows? It's going to be exciting though. But yeah, it's worth watching that uh, fight. So just search fury wilder fight on Google, on youtube and you'll you'll find it there there's loads of them out there so um i don't think they can keep up with t removing them down off off the sites because everyone's putting them up so um yeah so that's pretty cool i mean a good weekend of sport i mean we've we've had um some cricket stuff going on as well obviously we've got the women's world cup happening so that's that's over in australia here where i am so um South Africa just beat England last night by a really narrow margin. So England 123 for 8 off 20 overs. South Africa 127 for 4 off 19.4. So they only just got over it. Um, so bit of a shame for England. But, you know, it's one of these things where you can afford to lose a few games and still kind of get through. But... It's very competitive this year. I mean, between England, I mean, South Africa, England, India, Australia, um, probably the f between those four, but then the West Indian teams are really good as well. So uh, it's I've got no idea who's going to um, be in with a chance here. I, I, I'm thinking maybe India, but 
uh, hopefully the English girls do it. So, so I'll keep you posted with how that's going as well. Um, we've had some uh, England. Uh, well, they were playing in um, South Africa um, recently, and now we've got Australia over in South Africa playing a little 2020 series. Um, Australia won the first game pretty convincingly. Like South Africa just played so badly. And then in the second game, South Africa came back and beat them. And again, it was uh, it was kind of what happened to England when we played South Africa in our first game against them in the um, T20. Like We uh, just completely lost it at the end and just we only needed like a few runs off the final over but we just couldn't get over the line um south africa just kept kept applying the pressure and um and that happened with australia like they were cruising like they were cruising along and then south africa just had a four or five over spell in in the field where they just dominated and um australia in the end just couldn't get over the line and they lost by about 20 runs in the end which is just mad so um yeah something about south africa and bowling at the death and you know putting the pressure on and being able to handle that pressure which seems weird because that's like completely counterproductive to what they've always been known as in terms of in like one day cricket which is just they can't handle those big pressure moments but it seems like with a few change of um you know change of coach change of captain all this sort of stuff they might have got over that so yeah interesting Australia A and England Lions are playing as well. That's over in Australia. We've basically sent out a few, like basically our opening batsmen to come and play um, in uh, in Australia to get used to the conditions because obviously we're out here in a, you know a couple of years' time for the Ashes. So um, I really like that. You know we've been playing. Um, Sibley, Crawley, Jennings, people like that up in the top order. And like Sibley's continuing his um, form and, you know, you've got 100. You've got um, Crawley didn't do very well. Jennings didn't do very well. So, <laughs> But Sibley seems to have really cemented himself in, in, in the side in terms of in the main side. Excuse me, in the main side. So, um, so yeah, well done to them. And then it, it, Australia, not doing too well. Dear, oh dear, poor guys. Um, got Overton, Robertson, Carson, Abel, Bowlers. All doing well, all taking good wickets. So we made them follow on as well. I got the hiccups. Fuck me. Oh my God. It's probably talking about cricket. It's bored me so much, it's made me get hiccups. So anyway, whatever. I should stop waffling. I just wanted to get this sort of sporty one done and actually start getting the podcast rolling again regularly because I've been too slack recently and it's um I probably lost loads of listeners because of it. Unless you post all the time, you just lose people who listen. So hopefully there's some of you out there still that are listening and enjoying. Um I'll be back on Thursday and I'm gonna do a tech roundup and some gadgets and bits and bobs so there's been a hi-fi show in bristol in the uk which happens every year so i might talk about some of that because uh, there's been some cool gadgets and sound related stuff which is a bit of a passion of mine so um so that's good and i might do um i don't know we'll see what else is going on in the world of tech so i might give you an update on what i'm trying to figure out with my computer situation because i need to upgrade soon so we'll figure that out and I'll, i might run down options and what i've been thinking about and it might be useful to some people um you know maybe you're looking to upgrade and you're not quite sure what you're going to need in terms of performance versus price and all that sort of stuff so it is an expensive world out there for gadgets fucking hell especially computers so 
Yeah. Anyway, there we go. I've waffled enough. Cheers for tuning in. That was harmonic whiskey tales, despite even though I was drinking a nice weak lemon drink, but what are you going to do? Um, and we'll be back on Wednesday or Thursday and uh, with another little episode. And we'll hopefully have some guests on soon. I don't know when. We'll just try and get some people on soon. So, And if you want to come on, get in touch and we'll, we'll do one. That'll be awesome. Cool. All right. Cheers, guys. We'll be back soon. Bye.